Greetings and welcome to the Uncensored Humanity Podcast. If you're new to the show, this is a long-form podcast where I sit down with guests and we just have a conversation. Now, these conversations are not scripted. They are raw and real. There's no editing. So wherever they go, they go. So hopefully you guys will enjoy the conversations as much as I know that I will. Today's episode is brought to you by nobody. Because let's be honest, nobody likes to hear ads. We all just put up with it because we think we have to. Well, you know what? I decided let's not do that for the time being and see how we get along. So let's get into what we all came here for, the actual episode. Okay, folks, we have with us today Dane Lee. We got Dane to come back on the podcast. And normally when Dane comes on, we talk usually a lot about recovery as that's what he does for work. Uh, I, I see him personally and he's, he's shown me good results already in the short time that we've been working together. But I've known Dane for years. He's been on the show a few times. So if you've not heard uh, some of his story, which we talked about the first time, and then a couple of the other times, like some of the things that he does with recovery, especially the last one we just did a few weeks ago about how he's now redefining recovery as he's taken some time off as we're all in this pandemic and he can't be working on patients. Um, now he's able to a little bit, but before when he couldn't, he basically went in and redefined what it is that he does for recovery. And I really believe that it's going to revolutionize how uh, he treats his patients and hopefully others will adopt the same idea and we can help a lot of people. Well, they can help a lot of people. I'm not involved with that. I'm just talking to him. He's the smart one, but we all know that. But uh, on this episode, it's a little bit different with Dane is we just shot the shit and we just had a good time. And you know what? We, we talked about a lot of things. And uh, Dane, I know Dane from the gym and there's lots of times that we've had an hour long conversation, a couple hours long conversation. I remember one time, Jesus, I think we had damn near a four hour conversation just sitting in the gym and just having a great time. And you know what? Most people wouldn't take the time to have that kind of conversation. I remember both of us when we were done was like, wow, that, I think that's the longest I've ever talked to somebody, maybe outside of a, a relationship, you know, like, like somebody you're dating. It was like, it was just a, a long time to have a discussion. And every time we have conversations, we just have a great time. I love talking to Dane. He's super smart, which you will see. Of course, if you've listened to his other episodes, you already probably know that. But we talked about everything from how we got along in the pandemic and kind of what, what he did to stay sane. Uh, and then in, towards the end, we got a lot into uh, mental health and, and the, the kind of things you need to do to stay, to stay sharp mentally that I think a lot of people take for granted or just don't do because there's this big stigma uh, out in society of not wanting to do those kind of things because that's for... You know, uh, fruitcakes or people who are insane or whatever. Who knows? I mean, let, let's let's be honest, people. Uh, we, we all have demons in our own minds that we need to fight. And the more you can accept that, uh, I think the better off you will be. I, at least I know that I have been uh, later in my life. But enough of me rambling. Let's get in the episode. Without any further ado, please sit back, strap in, and enjoy our conversation. Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Uncensored Humanity Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Hess, and today we have back with us Mr. Dane Lee. Dane, how are we doing, sir? I'm great. How are you? Doing good. Uh, the last time Dane was on, we talked about redefining recovery. 
It was a very interesting conversation about the new kind of program that you're writing for People's Recovery. Yep. Um, can you, you want to give like a quick like two-minute synopsis of kind of what you're doing and what's different about it? Uh, it's a process where I try to quantify the different things that are going on with the athlete as far as like what's their training volume and intensity and then what kind of uh, recovery they're doing, when are they doing it, how much it's helping them, and then figuring out ways to implement a, like a very structured approach to soft tissue work and uh, recovery modalities that help to increase that. And then the part that I really like about it is just quantifying all of it with a score. Yes. And like helping them to understand like if you do this at the right time in the right way, the score will be, you know, A, B, or C. Yeah, it's going to affect it one way or the other, right. whether you do it positively or negatively. Right. So it's just taking all of that into account in a more structured and quantifiable way. Yes, and that's obviously done for each individual athlete, for, for their goals and their age yep. and everything. It's all factored in yep. there. Uh, so if you guys are interested in learning more about that, go back and check out that episode. It was a lot of fun. Well, we got Dane to come back on the show. And uh, we're just going to kind of bullshit and have some fun here. There's no real structure, obviously, like normal around here. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be quite a lot of recovery talk, um, but there's also going to be a lot of bullshitting. So uh, strap in for this one. So how are you doing, sir? I'm good. I am good. <laughs> how, how is life treating you during the wonderful quarantine of 20, uh, what, 2020? Uh, pick a time. This is actually good. Like, So phase one, phase two, or phase three of it? Go let's, ahead. Let's talk about phase two. Fa phase two was actually really, really good. It was fantastic. The first one was stressful. The second one, like when you get back in, when you figure out your like your new routine and you can settle into that and you're like, all right, I'm going to wake up at this time now. I have nothing to do for the day. I'm going <laughs> to, uh, I guess I'll do some writing. I'll do a little bit of cleaning. There's nothing much to clean because I did that yesterday, but uh, I'm a very routine oriented person. So like once I got used to not having the old routine, and getting into the new one, even though there wasn't much to the new routine, um, it was incredibly peaceful. So that's something that I really struggled with, was not having my routine. Because yeah. routine has run my life for years, and I've set up my life around my routine, and it's just, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. And and to not have that. Now, granted, the one thing that saved me is like I never stopped working. So I got to go into the office every day, except for one week. Uh, where I traveled and I came back and my office freaked out. Like, oh my God, you can't be here. You need to quarantine at home. Like, I'm fine. Look at me. I'm not sick. If I was sick, I would stay home. Mm -hmm. But they're like, no, you need to go home. Like, all right. So I ended up staying home for that whole week. And that was fucking miserable. Being stuck in a house by myself, not going out, not talking to anybody, trying to work through my laptop and yeah. like a Wi-Fi connection from like a Verizon hotspot. Yeah. I'm like, oh God, this is awful. Um, I guess we got something done. It was I was not very productive, but at least, at least I did something. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know how people are actually saying like, "Oh, I'm more productive working at home." Like I, I was not. So good on you because that was not good for me. <laughs> I don't think that I was more productive in the way that I would have thought about. Dare it. I say, with all the stuff you normally do, there was no way you could be no. as productive. Like. But I went into it thinking I was going to be. I was like, all right, I can do this. I can pivot. I'm going to start moving to doing more virtual stuff. So I would do sessions with people, uh, in the, like, the, the virtual massage sessions where like I teach them how to do stuff for themselves. Yeah, which, which we talked about yeah. in the last episode. So go back and yeah. listen to some of the creative things that yeah. Dane had to do. I tried to do that. And then at a certain point, it wasn't because I ran out of people with whom to work. It was because you just... 
it felt like I just didn't give a shit anymore. And it was because like everything felt like it was falling apart. And that's why I asked like which phase going through. <laughs> because that first part, eventually I was just like, I can't do this. Like I'm done. So the first phase was just overwhelming. Yeah. Just and trying to readjust and do everything. Where second phase you kind of like You just accept you it. You accepted it and kind of settled in. Yeah. Um and the acceptance part, that was really hard because uh I fill my life, not just like my days, like my entire life with like as much as possible. And even if it's not like 10 different things, I might be only doing like two or three things, but I want to maximize like how much I can do those couple of things. So if I'm going to do it, it's like, it's all in, like I'm doing as much of this as I can. And then all of a sudden life happens, the pandemic happens and they're like, nope, you're not doing any of it. Nope. You're not working with people. You're not going to the office to do anything. You're not going to go practice gymnastics. You're not going to coach. You're not doing massage. Yeah. Cause everything you probably do was shut down. Yeah. Everything. And so I'm at home doing nothing and for the first four to six weeks losing my mind. <laughs> and it was a slow descent into madness where uh, like I fought it, like I said, for the first couple of weeks trying to be like, all right, I'm going to pivot. I'm going to do this stuff online and I can still make things happen. And then realizing I don't have it in me to do it. And I, I struggled with that. There was a, a friend of mine on instagram who put up a thing like don't judge someone for finding shelter during someone else's storm because you know there were people who you know the frontline workers like they're going through god knows what during all of this and i have you know friends who are nurses and doctors and just checking on them to make sure they're doing okay but at the same time i found after that transition period like this insane sense of peace and acceptance. It's like I have I have always tried to control what I do in my life so desperately and life came along as like you have no control right now. Yeah. You have none. Well, that's the thing though is I think that a lot of us try to fight is the fact that we actually do have some control and we all have to realize that you essentially have zero control. Right. And you just need to give in, realize that that and it's okay. Mhm. And accept it and then try to move forward the Easier best. Easier said than done. Of yeah. course. I mean, I struggle with this every day. Like, I mean, I mean, it's like, again, like the, the quarantine was so bad for me. It got me into such a bad place. Mm -hmm. I got so sad, so lonely, so depressed. I mean, I hate to use the word depressed, you know, because like, in my mind, like, okay, someone who's depressed is like, they're struggling with like living. Yeah. Like they're, they're really like, like struggling getting out of bed in the morning, like doing their lives. I was, I was, I wasn't that bad. I mean, I was a little sad. I mean, here mm -hmm. we go. So I, I hate to use the word depressed, you know, but it's, it's a common word that just catches too much. But again, in, in my opinion, it's like, there are people out there who get up in the morning and struggle. Do I want to live today? Mm -hmm. Try to put a gun in my fucking mouth and blow my brains out. Or do I go to work? You know, like to me, that's depression. Mm -hmm. Not me like, Oh, well, I'm lonely and I'm sad and I can't go to the gym and oh, boo-hoo me. Now, to me, it's like, okay, I'm not depressed. I'm sad, you know, but it's, it's a sad, lonely time for me. And I, mm -hmm. I, and again, me living alone, like being stuck in my house, like not being able to go to the gym and see my friends, not being able to like, I, I didn't realize how much of an alcoholic I am. It's like, you, you squirm when I say yeah. that, but it's like, when I go meet friends, what we do is go to a bar Okay, and we have drinks. You know, and it's like, yeah, we have a couple of drinks, we have some laughs, we have a good time, and like, and, and I go home. It's like I didn't realize that's what I do with a lot of my free time. That's how I see my friends. Okay, if it's not at the gym, 
Yeah. Because obviously I see my friends at the gym and all that kind of stuff too. But it's like, hey, you know, how are you doing? I haven't seen you in a while. Let's go, let's go catch up. And we would go get drinks. That's mm-hmm. what we would do. And I couldn't do that. I was like, I really miss hanging with my friends. Yeah. You know, it wasn't about the alcohol. Right. Because I mean, I like alcohol. It's a fun high. But for me, it's like when I go meet my friends, like you have one, maybe you have two, you might have three over the course of a few hours. Yeah. And, and dinner and bullshitting and laughing and having a good time. Like, I'm not getting drunk. Right. Like, I'm barely feeling a buzz unless I kind of like ate lunch super early and ate light on purpose so I could get a buzz real quick, <laughs> which I've done that. Let's be honest. And then you have some dinner, you sober up, and you go home. It's yeah. no big deal. But there's times where you do that. Of course, we get in the system. <laughs> but it's like, I, I didn't realize how much that I missed just going out in public and hanging out with my friends. Yeah. And I, I, because like normally, I go to work and I go to the gym and I go home. That's my life. So it's like when I couldn't do that, it's like, oh, well, maybe I should go hang out with my friends. Oh, wait, shit, I can't do that. No one wants to see anybody right now. It's It was, just, it was really tough for me, but mm. it was also a point where it's like, you know what? You're going to get through this. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Like you, I mean, like I'm a relatively young person with a good immune system. Like I realize that even if I get sick, like it's not going to kill me. Right. I might be down for a couple of weeks. I might be miserable, but I'm going to be fine. Not going to well, I mean, it's, it is. If not, I will owe the the world a public apology on Facebook. Yeah. Even though I'm not on Facebook anymore, but that's our, it's yeah. a joke from my old office. <laughs> we used to say that to a guy who didn't have Facebook. He's like, "You owe him a public apology on Facebook." Because <laughs> it was like a, "You're never gonna get it, so suck it up." <laughs> but it's like it just it is what it is. Yeah. But I I really struggle with it. But I love the fact that you were doing writing. I wrote a lot. I love that you were getting things off of your brain. Your your brain. Your mind. I and. You know, I know we've talked about it before, but uh, I have never been someone who journals. I've never uh, have found a practice in uh, being able to do that like effectively, um, or a practice I'm able to do effectively with it. Well, and, I, I think that too many people they struggle through that because they don't give it the time that's needed. Yeah, and, and they've got too many other things in the mind. I need to do this. I need to do that. Like no. Your job right now is to sit down to do nothing but this. Yes. And just write down whatever you're thinking about. doesn't matter. doesn't matter what it is. But don't think about, oh, I've got to do this later. I've got to do that later. I've got to get ready for this. And mm-hmm. I've got to pack that because i got to go to the gym tomorrow. Or do it. No. You're doing. Be fucking present. A lot of what I've read and I've heard about it, they're like, well, you should do it. Like buy a specific journal for it and do it handwritten. And, and there, there's a lot of science behind the handwritten because it's more creative. And your your mind has to like move with your pen. It's not like typing. And until I realized I am a terrible handwriter. <laughs> I am god awful at handwriting. I had one class in college where the teacher. I had more than one class in college. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you got through college with one class? Holy I, shit! It's either the worst college or I'm the smartest person in the world. Like smartest one, done. ever. Hit bachelor's. Here you go. You took one class. <laughs> um, no, as this teacher is the first class that ever happened where he said you have to handwrite all of the tests, and they were all long-form answer. So, you know, paragraph form that you're writing for all these things. And my hand, it was awful. Like, my hand was cramping as I was going through. I could only write, like, one answer, and I had to, like, take a five-minute break before I went on to the next one, and the, it was hardly legible. Um, that happened later on as I got to grad school, where, like, thank God, because the one class that I had in undergrad, it was short, where it was, like, the hour-long class or something in the grad class one um, was two and a half hours. So I could take breaks, and I wasn't worried about not finishing, but I had to time it accordingly. It's like I write so slowly 
when I handwrite and I have to take so many breaks. And it's like, all right, you have six questions you have to answer. You have two and a half hours. That means each one of these can take uh, like four minutes. And that has to include your break as you're going through, you know, whatever it is. Or like 40 minutes. Sorry. That's terrible math. Um, <laughs> um, I didn't catch it. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a calculator. <laughs> but like I had, I had to do that. Like I had to be very rigid on it so that I can incorporate how long it took me to recover my hand from cramping as I'm going through and like my hand sweating and just like not being able to write well. And when I would journal, I hated that. Like that was my big obstacle. I was like, you got to get over this. Cause this is supposed to be good for you. Your mental health is like, if you're writing your journaling every day and you got to write down the things that you're grateful for. And finally I was like, I'm typing, I'm just going to type because I can type way faster than I can write. And my writing cannot keep up with how quickly I think about it especially when I'm thinking about something that has been in there for so long. And it's not like a boast of like, oh, I think so quickly. It's that once it's all in there. But I think that's a common thing though, because I mean, how many times have you seen a a TV show or a movie where like they're writing down as they're talking and like they have to talk very slow to kind of match match how they're writing because yeah. it takes you it takes you time like mm-hmm. whereas i think most people think way faster than they write yeah so they're trying to just get through it to try to catch up with their brain yeah and with the typing i could kind of meet in the middle okay i was like i have all this stuff that's going on in my head and i gotta get it out. i gotta get it i gotta get it out so you were doing your writing on the laptop yeah okay so i would start just typing and what i told myself is if this doesn't work like i'll go to handwriting i'll do that like i gave myself permission to do either one of them but i found the practice finally start to fall into place when I gave myself permission to type. Um, and I've tried talk to text that doesn't really work. I've tried audio recordings where, you know, you're journaling, but just talking and recording yes. that, that doesn't really work. Cause I get so caught up on the idea of thinking about what I'm saying that it just distracts it, but I could lose myself in the typing and just wrote next day, get up, Right next day, get up. Right. So you do it first thing in the morning. First thing in the morning. Get, um, get things off your yeah. brain. And I know a lot of people like to do it kind of at night before they go to bed, so they're not thinking about it and dwelling on it, and they can just kind of let it go, mm-hmm. put it on paper or the computer or whatever, and then just kind of move on and get some good sleep and come back and revisit it later. I've tried some of that too. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's everything's different for everybody, yeah. right? So it just matters what works best yeah. for you. What I found worked really well was. I would write in the morning based on everything I'd thought about the day before. Okay. Because thoughts would automatically come up. So what I would do is I would just write them out on my phone real quick. So um, I use this one app called AnyDo, and it's just it's a task list. But I would write the ideas. So one of them that was on there was like, you need to put the authenticity idea into your your writing. And I knew what that meant. So the next day I was like, oh, yeah, I was thinking about this when it comes to authenticity. I need to type about that. Or I'd have a piece of paper and I'd write down you know, this thought that ran through my head or I'd have a conversation with someone. I was like, oh shit, that's a really good idea. And I'd write it down real yeah. quick. So all day I'm ruminating and collecting ideas. I sleep, I wake up the next day. I'm like, but you're writing down those ideas. Yeah. You're catching them in yeah. your list so you can address them later. You're right. not just like, oh, I'll remember that. Cause you won't. No. Oh but, God, no. But even if it's just a simple note to yourself to remind you, oh yeah, authenticity. That's right. Yeah. That's perfect. Um, and for some reason, Maybe it was the timing, maybe it was the circumstances, maybe I'm just finally in a phase of my life where I'm willing to commit to that, or maybe it was how I went about it, but like it finally fit. It, and I think it's like anything else. Like it's just taking the time to yeah. make it a priority. Because yeah. it's like anything in life. I mean, people say, oh, I don't have the time for this, I don't have the time for this, I don't have the time for that. And it's, well, you make time yeah. for what's important to you. Yeah. 
So maybe you need to cut some bullshit out and add some better things in your life. Or maybe you're just happy with what you're doing. So stop bitching about it. I don't want to hear it. If you can show me your schedule and you can legitimately say there is nothing I can cut out and there's nothing I can add or change. All right. I won't argue with you. And I'll say, you're right. You don't have time. There's probably about, I don't know, 12 people on the planet. Right. (laughs) That could probably honestly say that. Which is why I'm willing to make that statement because it's like (laughs) anyone can find time. It may not be as much time as you want, but you can find time. You can make time to do something and incorporate it, especially when it comes to writing where it's like a lot of them, they say, take five minutes. It's like, how many people take a shit every single day? When you're on the pod, just like write something down. Congratulations, there's your journaling practice. Like, is that the best way to do it? No, but no, that's five minutes. Because it's, I don't think it's enough time to get creative with it and let things really flow onto the, the page. It's kind of what you're after, right? You're, you're trying mm-hmm. to just get almost into a trance. Right. You know, that flow state, so to speak, and just kind of let things come out. And I, But I, what I think about it is in the same way as like working out, if you can start it, you'll continue it. So if you tell yourself, all right, I'm only going to write for five minutes, 30 minutes goes by and you're like, oh, wow, how did that just happen? Yeah. And say, well, oh, I'm going to go run for five minutes or I'm only going to go to the gym just for real quick. And then you get into the movement of it and you start to find your pace, start to find your flow. And the next thing you know, you know, 20, 30, 60 minutes has gone by and you were far more productive and enjoyed being productive with it. You just had to get over that first hurdle. Yeah, because I always tell people that, especially when they're starting to work out, because a lot of people come and talk to me and they think I'm some like expert because like I go to the gym a lot. And it's like, I don't know shit. I mean, I can, I can, <laughs> I can get, I can get you started and we can point in the right direction. But it's like, if you want to get good results, you got to see somebody like you or coach or a personal trainer or somebody who like, who does this for a living. I mean, mm-hmm. like you, you need that. You can't, you can't go by what I tell you, but I'm good enough to know that first of all, I don't know a whole lot of anything, but it's like which when, is a big step in the whole learning process to begin with. It's a huge step. <laughs> but when when somebody starts, I always tell them the very most important thing. One hundred percent, the most important thing is show up. Yeah, get there. I don't care if you don't feel like it. Great example. Yesterday, I went to jujitsu, and I wasn't feeling well. I've not been sleeping well. Uh, it's just I was worn down. I was wrecked. I was beat up. Like I didn't want to go. I automatically want to ask why. We'll get there. there. But it's like, I just, I I didn't feel like it, right? So it didn't matter. But it's like, I need to go. Like, this is is part of what I'm doing. I'm trying to go like three days a week. This is my structure. This is my schedule. Mm -hmm. This is what I've committed to. And it's like, and I got there and warm-ups went like shit. And like the first couple of rolls went like shit, you know, but by the middle of it, I was feeling all right. And and that's kind of the purpose. I always tell people like when they first go to the gym, like, like, I don't really want to. Like, well, it doesn't matter. Go. Do 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Just go and do something because chances are you're not going to show up, start, only do 10 minutes. Like, oh, well, I'll just get through the rest of it. Or, oh, well, I'll just do half of it. Or I'll skip. But you're going to do something that's at least productive. Yeah. So it's like, it's just so important to just, just go. Mm-hmm. Because I, I that was something I realized during the quarantine as well. It's because like I have weights in my house. Like, I, I could do not the stuff that I want, want to do, but I could do enough to, to keep my kind of gains and process everything yeah. else going. But I realized very quickly, it's like, I don't do well when it's in my house. Yeah. You know, it's like, I struggle with that. Cause for me, it's like half time. I don't feel like it anyway, but once I get there, I can get myself motivated. I can get started. And once I get started, I can go the whole time. It's mm-hmm. no big deal. But when I came home from work and I couldn't go to the gym and I go downstairs to my basement and try to work out. So I realized very quickly, it's like, well, I'll kind of go through the motions a little bit, but I'm going to cut this short. And it's 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 going to be a complete waste of time. Yeah. is what it's going to be. 
But if I can, like, like yesterday when I went to the gym, it's like once I got there, and I still didn't want to be there, so I don't want to do it. But once I got moving at about, let's say, 20 minutes in, I realized, oh, okay, I can get through this hour and a half. We're, we're going to be fine. I would say with the home workouts, because with gymnastics, a lot of what we, especially <clears throat> upper body wise, uh, a lot of it is body weight. Like there's some advanced body weight stuff that you're doing, but it's still body weight. So I didn't need a lot of equipment. <laughs> um, and even then, it's like, I don't have a limitation on what's available to me. I don't need a lot of space, but it, it struggles. It's like, I could work out or I could keep writing or I could watch something or I could, you know, do, well, not really that many other things, but. <laughs> Especially like, not during quarantine, sir. <laughs> um, like I, I finally got into playing video games again. I haven't played video games on a regular basis. Uh, Dare I say because you're a grown-ass man? Yes. And you're working? Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, like growing up, in, like I loved RPGs. I loved them, like role-playing games, um, like Final Fantasy, Zelda, that kind of thing. And I cut off right around uh, Elder Scrolls at some point. Um, and it, because school, work, everything like that. And it's just... I would come back and I would play a little bit every once in a while, but I loved them because they're the stories. Like it was so uh, immersive with the amount, especially like as the consoles and games evolved on how much time you could play a game and like how long it took and the character development and everything. Cause I loved reading fantasy novels growing up. Uh, I mean, I still do. Like that's one of the things I, I love reading before bed. And these games were kind of like a novel brought to life that you were in control of in ways. Uh, and realizing that, you know, despite you feel like a kid when you're playing it and you're like, you know, feeling a little embarrassed about that part. But it's also nostalgic. It it's, is. It's, it's fun. Um, there is this overwhelming sense of enjoyment of getting lost in that the way that, you know, I did when I was a kid. You know? um, so uh, when I went and purchased uh, Skyrim, which is a massive game. It's huge as far as like how much you can do for how long and play it and everything like that. Another role-playing game? Another role-playing game. And just sitting there and getting lost for hours and realizing that outside of that, I haven't experienced that in such a long time. And I probably would have gone, you know, years and years longer if I hadn't been given the opportunity where, again, quarantine just like took everything off of my plate. Yeah. And you're sitting there going, well, what do I do? And I think things like that can be really good for rest and relaxation recovery mm -hmm. if used properly. But unfortunately, I hear too many people that just abuse it. Yeah. They stay up till three in the morning and they're gaming and pounding Mountain Dew and Doritos and energy drinks and all this kind of stupid shit. And it's like, okay, playing from time to time is no big deal. Like, there's no different than somebody like relaxing and watching a movie or a comedy special or mm -hmm. anything else. There's no different. Right. You know, but. You also can't control your life either. Where I, I, so many stories I hear, like oh, I was up till two in the morning because we were gaming and doing this. And it's like, bro, like your sleep's way more important than you playing games. I don't um, know. I can get by on four and a half hours of sleep. Yeah, I still woke up in time and got to work. Shit, you are not Jocko. No, um, he is a freak of nature. Yes, because <laughs> that is not normal and not healthy for most people. Obviously, it works for him. Good for him. That's that's all good. So you like role playing games? Yeah. Are you into LARPing? No, I've never done that. I, uh, you would probably love that. I'd stay away if I were you. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, LARPing is a live action role playing. Yeah. Where you essentially get like, think of like nerds at Comic-Con that they get all dressed up and they go play games or they act out scenarios or maybe it's like a medieval kind of thing. Like yeah. In, uh, in college, 
we we did some LARPing and we were like um uh like medieval times kind of stuff. We'd have banquets and we went out and played played sword fighting and did that kind of stuff. And and it was a game. Uh, you'd have like PVC pipes wrapped up in like uh, piping insulation and duct tape, and we beat the shit out of each other. And it was it was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was like if you touch their arm, then now they can't use their arm. And yeah. If you touch their leg, then they got to hop on one leg. If you get both legs, they've got to like go down to their knees and that kind of stuff. And it was like, it was just fun. Like turns into Black Knight from yeah, and, Monty Python. And, yeah, like and we <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and like we we actually uh, made our own clothes and we showed up and like we were always barefoot and it was just it was fun. It was just, awesome. It was dicking around, you know. Yeah. But like like technically that would be like LARPing. Yeah. You know? But. I guess they have like big festivals and there's all kinds of gatherings and all kinds of stuff. No so, shit. Oh yeah, there's all kinds of stuff out there. I mean, like, you give white people like too much time on their hands and they'll come up with all kinds of stupid shit to do. Not to sell. <laughs> no, I know what it is, but I've never, I've never partaken in it. Uh, I've seen some very funny pictures as far as uh, that self-made costumes and everything. Oh like yeah, that, but um, I remember making a a pair of pants in college. There was a gentleman who. Who uh, taught us how to sew? He's one of the professors. I forget yeah. his name, and uh, he's, he's like, "Oh, just bring in like a uh, a t-shirt and a pair of pants. We can make a uh, like a template out of them, and I can show you how to sew it together." So we did that, and and I, and I brought in these pants that I love, and they were like super baggy jeans or whatever, but they were just, they were ended up being like so big, like in the legs and everything yeah. else. It was like it looked like I was almost wearing a dress. I mean, like <laughs> the things looked huge. They didn't look normal pants because yeah. obviously that was popular back when i was going through college whereas now everything's like skinny jeans with yeah. some elastics everything stretches and all that kind of stuff and that's kind of the the hip thing um so i remember like going back and we did a shirt so i brought in this shirt that was like just a little bit too small it was like a medium on me and, <laughs> and uh and he's like well he's like is this big enough for you i'm like well the last time like i did my pants and they came out super huge so i thought i'd bring in something smaller thinking it's gonna get bigger and he's like no just bring in something that fits dude so <laughs> So I had to redo the shirt because the shirt ended up being a little bit too small. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, fun times. <laughs> no quarantine. I would say phase three was probably like the best part of it, like my version of phase three. Um, so, so, so the first part was the stress of was the not stress the and being overwhelmed and freaking out. Number two was acceptance. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm taking some water here in a second. Um, so it was it was acceptance and kind of getting through things yeah. and and realizing you have to start some new habits. You've got those going, so we're going into the phase three. So phase three is when things started to open back up a little bit. Okay. So my birthday was in May, and things had just relaxed on the social distancing and getting to visit people, like right as that happened, right as my birthday came up, and uh, I got a text from my sister who lives in Cleveland. So she's like an hour away. And she's like, well, do you have any plans for your birthday? And I was like, no. I haven't what had, can we do? Yeah, yeah. I haven't had plans for the past two months. Uh, I'm not going to have any now. <laughs> I'm going to sit at home and yeah. be by myself. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I, I figured I would end up like, you know, calling and talking to family or, you know, doing like a, like a FaceTime or a Zoom call or something like that. Uh, but nothing, nothing else besides that. She goes, well, would you want to come up and visit? And, she was always very hesitant about it because she has two little kids. Um, and because they had just, you know, relaxed like the visitation idea of it, she was finally comfortable. Yeah. So I wasn't so idea. much worried about like kids as I was so much like my parents. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't want to go visit them. 
you know, but I had no problems like visiting people like my my age or whatever. Like we were still doing the podcast because mm-hmm. technically this is media, so this is essential. It's allowed, so I could do that kind of stuff as much as I wanted to, which yeah. was kind of nice. And we did some of that during quarantine, but yeah, I was never like, so much worried about little kids. But I get it, young yeah. parents like they want to protect their children. I understand. And that was, I didn't know <laughs> when I was going to be able to see family again. Yeah. Um, Nobody knew, right? Yeah. It was like this big question mark, which is what was so hard about it. Yeah. If they were just going to come out and say, yeah, it's going to be two weeks. Everything will be done after that. We're going to hit the kill the curve or whatever they were talking about. Mm-hmm. It's like, then you at least know you have an end date. Whereas yeah. they kept, it kept becoming this ambiguous thing. I'm like, oh, we're going to do this until we feel it's safe. Like, well, horse shit. When are you going to feel it's safe? I mean, yeah. So when you talked about like you were you were lonely, you were depressed, you were sad, the the isolation effect of it. So regardless of the peaceful aspect happening um and the acceptance going on like that was that was still there it was incredibly lonely like being by myself in an apartment not seeing people um or the amount of contact i had was going to the grocery store yeah like that was my outing and people are freaking out if you get too close to them yeah they're almost like running away from you it's so you don't have contact with people you have visual sightings of people from like 50 feet away and you're not really having conversations of any kind of really any substance oh none yeah none so when she said that, uh, would you want to come up? And I said, are you sure? You know, she's like, yeah, like with things being the way that they are now, I'm, I'm comfortable with the idea of it. And it meant the world to me. And like getting to spend like that weekend up there was huge. And I hadn't realized, like, you know, you're sad, you know, you're isolated, you know, you're, you're lonely, but yeah, you but don't realize how it. bad it is until you get around other people and how much you appreciate just being with someone else like being with oh, family sure. and like that sense of relief like from you know reading the text message to actually getting to see them getting to spend time with my niece and nephew and my sister and her husband like that was like overwhelming it was fan it was amazing i mean it's like dare i say like humans are incredibly physical creatures mm-hmm. and people talk about oh well things are gonna go more virtual and people are gonna work from home and you're not gonna have offices and this and that blah 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 and i don't believe that at all I really don't. And the, these last few months have really made me double down on that because we all are physical beings. We need human contact. When I see my friends, I want to hug them. Like if, if they're not comfortable with that, like coach, like he's not comfortable with it. I'll shake his hand. Yeah. You know, I might even slap him on the ass. Who knows? But he does not like being <laughs> hugged. Right. So like there's no hugging that man unless you just sneak up on him or he's had like three beers. Once he's had three beers, then you're good. Because yeah. <laughs> he's got a very low tolerance. So by the third, he's pretty drunk. So you can sneak up on him and get a hug then. But it's like I, I didn't realize like how much I had personally missed that until I started jujitsu again. Mm-hmm. It was the first thing to start back up where he's like, hey. Uh, we're going to be as safe as we can. We're going to do our things, but we need to come in and do what we do. Like you're not like there's, there are some places who are limiting like access. You can only have like so many people in the class. You've got to be spaced out. You're going to do solo drills by yourself. In my opinion, those people are stealing those people's money. Like you're not making them any better. You're not giving them any benefits. You know, it's like, yeah, they're, they're coming in, they're, they're doing something, but they could be doing that at home. Mm-hmm. They don't need to be paying you to do that. You know, like put some stuff on YouTube and let them do it from home and suspend their accounts for a while because things are tough for most people. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they don't need to be spending money on you right now, especially if you're not going to help them. But my, but my coach opened back up and he's like, hey, we've taken some time off. We're opening back up on this date. I know they're not going to – people aren't going to like it because we're not going to be social distancing. We're going to be rolling around on the mats with each other. Like everyone's sweating on everyone. Like 
You know, but also don't be an asshole if you're sick, stay home, wash yeah. your stuff, take care. We've been open for what a, a little over a month now, and there's been zero problems. Nobody's gotten sick. There's no issues. There's no nothing. You know, so it was like it's good, but it's like I didn't realize how much I missed physical contact. Yeah. Until I got there, because like at work, they pretty much said, "Okay, everyone, stay away, stay in your cubicles, don't go anywhere." You know, like if you're in the coffee area, can only be three people in there. If you're in a conference room, everyone has to be sitting six feet apart. Nobody's touching. None of this stuff. And it was like. I, I missed just being able to touch people. I didn't realize how much until I was able to do that again. I'm like, wow, I'm getting I'm getting hugs from guys again. This is great. Granted, like Ben and Devin, like they're sitting on my chest trying to kill me, but it's, it's all right. It's it's part of the game. Like we know what's going on here. <laughs> so I, I really don't believe that things are going to go super digital in the future. And people talk about that, like, oh, it's going to be virtual reality and this and that. I'm like, no, it won't because people aren't going to stand for it. Look at people now, like. They're itching to get back among their friends and family and mm-hmm. go go out to public places again and go like go to bars and go, go to sporting events and concerts and everything else. Like they want to go do these things. Mm-hmm. Like they're not going to deal with the virtual bullshit. Like and having a Zoom meeting with your friends is not nearly as good as sitting across them at the table and having a conversation. No, no, no. The gymnastics organization that I help out with, uh, NEIGC, they had to cancel nationals this year and they have a camp an adult gymnastics camp that they do every august and there was a meeting recently where you know they were talking about whether or not they would be able to have that camp because the camp itself which throughout the summer holds week-long camps for kids and then the adults show up for like a weekend towards the very end of it when all the kids are gone and like we, we do our thing um when it's safe but <laughs> when there's no little kids around yeah to, to hurt yourself <laughs> to like embarrass ourselves in front of them <laughs> as, as, as you fall like because they're doing like quadruple double yeah, tuck a, backflips or whatever and, like on a side <laughs> tangent like it is embarrassing as an adult when you're like look i just did this skill and you've got like an eight-year-old who comes over and does like the skill that's two levels up from you and does it flawlessly and you're like what the fuck <laughs> i've been trying to learn that longer than you've been alive and you can do it so much better. It's like, oh, yeah, I started it last week. It's like, go home, Billy. <laughs> um, you suck, Billy. <laughs> so we're having this meeting. We're talking about it. And you watch people get very emotional about the idea that we might not be able to do it or why we wouldn't be able to do it or, you know, the pros and cons and the ways that it would be implemented and how to do it. Because for some of us, nationals and this flip fest are the only time we get to see each other. And these are people that we've known um, for years. For right? years. years. I, so I started, uh, I wasn't, I was a member in the organization. I wasn't helping out on the board uh, like I am now, but I was a member in 2010. So for 10 years, I've been a member of this to some extent. And there are people who have been there the entire time. And the only time I see them are at competitions. So, and for some of them, the only competitions or events are nationals and flip fest. And it means a lot to be able to see them. And you know, I'm, I'm not unique in that boat when it no, comes to organization. So no, like having a zoom call, it's nice when you get to see them, but it's never going to be the same. Not even close. No. The same reason why I decided when I did my podcast or when I was starting it, it was like, I will not do Skype calls. I will not do it. I will do in person only. And right now that limits the people or guests I can have on because it's limited to who I have in my local area mm-hmm. and who I can convince to come over into the studio and record. 
You know, because some people just don't want to do that. I yeah. mean, I can go to them if, if I needed to, which isn't the end of the world, but it's so much easier to just have them come to me. Stuff's already set up. They can kind of leave their their house and get in a different frame of mind. We can just have a great conversation. We can just kind of get lost in mm-hmm. the in the actual conversation, which is kind of the idea of the podcast, yeah. right? It's like that's, that's why I don't have like a, uh, a set schedule or a, a topic that we're going to cover or a genre that we're going to do. It's like, no, it's like we're just going to talk. And mm-hmm. Wherever it goes, it goes. And sometimes, yeah, we have themes that we have. We have like the segments that we do like regularly or talk about politics or what have you on American Honesty and all that kind of stuff. And I started a new segment recently called Belly Up to the Bar because I missed being at the bar so much okay. that I wanted to have friends over. There's four of us that we just – it was drinking bullshit like we would if we were at the bar. Yeah. You know, it's like it was a great time except for we got Andrew a little too drunk. <laughs> <laughs> it made for great content, but uh, it, was a few, it was a rough couple hours afterwards. <laughs> but you'll have that. Uh, rookie move on his his party didn't eat for we started drinking. Ah, so <laughs> so it, was, it was his fault. But <laughs> well, I, I was going to feed him drinks. So probably it's more my fault. But it's like I, I just I, – I love the – the energy that we have in the room, like you and I sitting here, like right now, like across from the table, like looking at each other is mm. different than if we were on a screen. Oh yeah. Or if you're listening and, and things cut in and out and it's so clunky when they do that, it's just, it's not what I wanted to do. So I, I love this face to face interaction. It's so much better. Uh, the last part of my semester with Akron, we had to move on to online classes and you know, technical difficulties aside, you're very disconnected. Yes incredibly disconnected even though i'm looking like right at the teacher's face like and they can see all of us you can't see the other kids that are in the class um you can't interact in the same way we were supposed to have these uh partner projects and you end up meeting mostly on video conference calls or emails and as opposed to just sitting and collaborating and again not the technology part of it but you can't bounce ideas off each yeah. other the same way. You can't interact. You can't in the get same into way. a flow, right? And it because like there, there's just a natural flow of conversation that people have, and you can tell when when you need to stop because they need to say something. You can yeah. see that. You can literally stop, see what they have to say, and then keep going, keep going back and forth. Or Whereas if, on video stuff, you don't get that. If we're sitting here, like let's say this table was filled with people working on a project, and I see you, like you're not talking or anything because you're focused on writing something down, and I can realize like oh matt's working on something what's he working on i can kind of like look over and be like hey what do you have and then like you've been absorbed in doing that and now you can share and it stops the conversation that goes on with me and someone else like but once you put that on a screen like you can just turn your screen off and start focusing on what you're doing or i might completely miss it because i've been talking and the way that it's set up is like the only face you see is me because i'm the one communicating and there's so much interaction that is lost in that way yeah that you know, the project ended up coming out okay, but it took longer. And it just makes you kind of look back on it and say, what could have been different about that type of thing? Yeah. Um, and I, I honestly wonder how worthwhile schooling is going to be if it's it's going to have to be online these like these next couple semesters. Because a lot of people don't know, like, our school's going to open back up. You know, you hear a lot of, a lot of colleges who are going to open back mm-hmm. up and they're going to have stuff on campus until, like, Thanksgiving. Yeah. And then yeah. they're going to shut down for the rest of the semester and do online classes only. And like, and if honestly, if it were if it were my daughter who is like in college right now, I'd be like, you know what? Don't take any classes right now. Just hold off. Get a job. Make some money. Save up, because you're not going to get the same kind of benefit 
especially with hers, is like very science based. Like mm-hmm. you need to be in classes. You need to be with your instructors. You need to be or professor, excuse me. You need to be with with them, like learning these things on that equipment. You're not going to be able to do it yeah, in lab you know, on online in some bullshit class. Like there's some video conferences now. Yeah. If you're doing general education stuff, you know, yeah. like okay, fine, get that stuff out of the way. Just do that stuff, knock it out real quick. No mm-hmm. big deal. You know, but if you're doing like actual classwork, like labs and all that kind of stuff, it's like you might be better off to just wait. Yeah, that was a big thing that was really unfortunate is that the teacher had originally set up the class. Uh, what do they call that? But the, at the beginning of the semester, they hand you paper and it has everything you're going to do for the semester. Like your syllabus. Thank you. There we go. <laughs> Couldn't think of the word. So she has it set up in the syllabus that we weren't going to move into doing particular labs until we had gone through a majority of the lectures because what she wanted to do instead of having it. Just have the understanding before you go in and do the practical right. application. And you have a lot of options um, where, you know, one of the options, and she explained it to us, was we can do mostly lecture and then the last 30 to 45 minutes is going to be lab. But instead, like she wanted to try and front load a lot of the lecture so that when we went into lab, it wasn't 45 minutes, it was two and a half hours. Like, we're going to take the entire class, and then we're going to go do the lab. So we can do it multiple times, or you can switch partners, or we can have in-depth conversations about this. And, you know, she felt that that was going to be a better learning experience instead of trying to fit everything into one class okay. every single time. Now, unfortunately, that really backfired because that meant the last part of the semester was all lab work that we and, never did. And now you guys aren't in lab because you're not in school. Right. Obviously, it, she couldn't see that coming. You could never have seen that coming. It is what it is. Yeah. That's not but, a fault of hers but by But let's any be honest. Means. The college isn't exactly going to be like, oh, well, we're going to give you your money back for that class or right. we'll credit you for to take it again. And like They're not going to do that. No. And we tried so, to make the best of it. but yeah, and, I, and I get it. It's a pandemic. It's, it's different. But I just – I don't like how personally it was handled and shutting everything down. I don't think that was the right thing to do. Um, I think that personally, they should have come out and say, hey, you know what? Things are getting really tight here. And if you're worried, you know, you should stay home, you know, and if not, then go out and live your life. But let's try to be careful and be as smart as we can and go through it. And if things start to get really bad, then maybe we'll start to take some more precautions. I hated the fact that they just came out like, oh, my God, it's going to be the end of the world. We're going to shut everything down. And then things didn't seem to get as bad as nearly as they said they were going to. You know, but obviously there's definitely flare-ups that are happening right now, especially like in Texas, mm-hmm. where they've kind of come out and opened things up and said, hey, we're just going to get back to normal. Let's do this thing. We've not had lots of cases, whereas now they're having lots of cases. Yeah. So it's like things obviously are getting like pretty bad in certain places. But I mean, we'll, I guess we'll see what happens. I don't know. But I, I just, I'd rather have that approach of like, let's, 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 let's err on the, the fact of like, let's stay open. If you're worried, stay home. There's a legitimate reason. Like my mom. Mm-hmm. Like she's a great risk. I told her, stay home. Don't go anywhere. Just chill. You know, granted, dad's still having to go to work as he drives uh, a truck. So he's like, he's he's out and about doing his thing. Mm-hmm. So she's going to be exposed to some level anyway, you know. But I told her, it's like, you don't need to be going places you normally do. It's like, just sit home and chill out because you're at high risk. And she's like, okay. So she sits home. But then there's also times where she's like, hey, come over. I want to see you. I'm like, hey, uh, I've been at work. I've been at jujitsu. I've been, been in and out for like job sites and this and that. Like, I've been around places. Like, I could be contagious. I don't know. She's like, I don't care. I want to see you. And, that, and that's her choice. Yeah. So I was like, hey, that's up to you. So I'll come over and see you. That's no problem. But I know with the reopening for massage, it came out uh, May 15th that we were allowed to go back to work. And that was from the state medical board because they um, so things had been opening up to that point. But they said, hold tight. You know, even if Ohio says you can go back to work, don't. Uh, because we want to come together like as an organization to figure out what kind of guidelines we want to put out. 
So they came out May 15th. They had guidelines that they went through. Um, are they reasonable or are they unrealistic? They, they're incredibly reasonable. Okay. And, I mean, the big ones are have masks on hand so that if the person comes in and you want them wearing a mask, you can ask them to. If they want a mask that they don't have one, you have one available for them. If you say, would you like me to wear a mask? Like, you have it right there. Um, have gloves. Um, you're going to remove as much of what isn't needed during the session as possible from the room so that it doesn't have to be sanitized afterward. And you just go through a greater degree of sanitation when you're all done. And yeah, quite frankly, which I'm a bad drunk. in, the, in the, the first place anyway. It's yeah. like, you should be doing that kind of stuff no matter what. Yeah, well, an, not minus the mask, obviously. Yeah. But cleaning-wise, yes. I'm a germaphobe. I was wiping shit down all the time anyway, <laughs> like before and after regardless because like, that's just who I am. So I looked but at also, it. But also it's good practice when you're doing that kind of stuff because you need – your environment to be clean for people coming in period. Yeah. And the other thing is you shouldn't be coming in to get a massage. If you're sick to begin with, I, you shouldn't be walking in going, Hey, I might be coming down with something and I have a mask. Like, no, get your ass home. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we learned most of those things in kindergarten. Yes. You know, like don't hit, don't bite, don't steal, don't lie, you know, stay home if you're sick. Like we've learned these things, you mm -hmm. know, well, I should say we've been taught these things. Some people haven't learned them. Yeah. Maybe they need some more reinforcement yeah. later in life. But what is it saying? It's it's always best to be uh, reminded instead of instructed, right? So <laughs> this is a very good reminder. <laughs> but it does feel like there is um I don't know if empowerment is the right word, but there is a sense of like empowerment for lack of a better word. Where if someone were to come in in the past, if they said, Hey, I'm getting over being sick you know, is, are you feel comfortable working on me? Like you kind of <laughs> weed in that great area and you're like, yeah, it's probably okay. You're not contagious anymore. And now it's just like, no, go home. No, go, go home. Like, do you have any idea what's going on right now? Go home. I, I mean, I'm not a dick about it, but at the same time, like there is, but that's not being a dick about it. You know, that's I mean, just, if I said it like that, no, no, but even, even saying like that's not being a dick about it. It's like, it's just like, we can reschedule. Like, yeah, go it's home. Like you're putting me and other people at risk. Like, no, like just stay home. Just yeah. chill out. Yeah. You know, once you know you're fine, then come back in. It's no mm -hmm. big deal. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, coming back to the guidelines, like, no, they're completely reasonable. That's good. what they put out. It wasn't – really, I was expecting that it would be more exceptional on what they were requiring. But um, I, at the same time, haven't advertised anything since then because I mean, coming back to their whole routine thing, I – you know, you get into this new routine of having no routine – and then transitioning back into working where I was like, I refuse to be overwhelmed. Which which basically means like you can either want to do one of two things, right? You can go back into your old routine, right. which for you is probably way too much work and not enough free time. Right. Or you could try to do probably what you're doing now, I assume. I don't want to speak for you, but it's like, let's do a better routine. Yeah. It was definitely, it's in a sense of kind of like a hybrid where I found all this peace and contentment for the first time and not overburdening myself in like 10, 15 years. It's like, I want to keep that to some extent. Like, how do I, how do I take that and keep parts of that? And like you said, have a better routine. So when I went back, you know, I put a, a Q and a out on a weekly basis for recovery. And you know, I just let people know, Hey, I'm going to be doing Q and a again. Cause I didn't really do any social media content. During so when you when you put that information out, how do you do it? Uh, it's on Instagram. I okay. just do a story, and it has a little. It just says. So uh, do you, do you ask people like to submit questions? Yeah. Okay, so you put out a post on Instagram. Yeah. Which what's your Instagram? 
Uh, elite underscore recovery underscore LMT. So, so you put it out on Instagram say, hey, I'm going to do a Q&A. A Q &A. Mm -hmm. Give me some questions. I'll do a story. We'll do some answers. Yeah. Okay. And then I just uh, – some of them I answer right away. Some of them I take like 24 hours to do. Some of them are like – they're really good questions, and so I feel like they deserve a better answer, and I'll go and do a video, like an IGTV video, because uh, I'm pretty long-winded when I start to talk, so I need the 10-minute mark to go. Um, but one of them that came in was like, are you at all concerned? about what's going on. Um, and it's like, of course I'm concerned. At the same time, I feel like we have really good practices set in place that are going to keep people safe. And if we're smart about what we're doing and how we're doing it, then I feel like we've got things, uh, you know, well under control, or at least, you know, as under control as we can make them. And I feel yeah. like that creates a measure of safety. Um, but if, I think it would be ignorant for me to say like, no, I have no concerns. At the same time to feel like, you know, we should be, incredibly concerned like it's somewhere in the middle of this medical board gave shocker us... i mean the, the answer is somewhere in the middle of yeah. something i mean that, that's a strange theory i've never who heard that thunk? before <laughs> it's like the medical board with people who have more education and more experience than me said this is what you need to do in order to be safe all right i can do that and therefore i feel like i'm doing my part to stay safe yeah and what's and what's great about that in my mind is like these are recommendations from from other people who maybe have more experience or thought or have talked to a bunch of other more people than you have. And you can take that and implement maybe what makes sense or maybe go above and beyond yeah. on other things that you don't think make sense. Yeah. You know, that, that's the great thing. That's, that's the one thing that I, I really feel is like missing right now. So many people are like, no, this is what they said. This is what I have to do. I'm like, hold on, stop. Let's use your brain for a second. Let's mm -hmm. think about this. Like these were, these were suggestions and guidelines that were put out. So let's take that. With with a grain of salt, yeah. like anything else, and realize, okay, how much of this is said because they have lawyers involved and they have to because otherwise they're going to get sued. So some of it's rubbish. It's going to happen all the time. Some of it's like, hey, you know what? I don't think that's quite enough. I'm going to go above and beyond in this area. Sanitation-wise, great example of that. It's like, you know, hey, like because I'm sure before there was regulations on sanitation anyway oh, yeah. because this is a health board. What you do is health work. It's yes. not it's not a rubbish like relaxation massage where you're petting someone's back to make them feel good because you got some like young hot woman who's like rubbing on an old guy, which is what <laughs> most people think of when they think of massage. They do. Like you, what you do is very different. You do yeah. uh, soft tissue work recovery for people to help them improve their quality of life. Period. End of story. Yeah. So it's it's different. You know, but because of that, like it's it's literally much more like physical therapy than it is like what people would think of is like oh a relaxation massage yeah. with essential oils and whatever else. I mean that that's fine if people need that. Yeah, there's to, a time and place to, for that. To each their own. But yeah. what what you're doing is is quite a bit different from that. Yeah. But it's like, but again, people need to use their heads and think. Okay. Okay, what do we need to implement? What do we not need to implement? What's fine? What's 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 not? And like, just go and pick and choose and do your thing and come up with your own kind of SOPs, your standard standard operating procedures, yeah. and move forward. And I wanted to be able to do that in the new environment, or like the new you know post shutdown world, and not feel overwhelmed while still having some of those things in. So I decided like I'm not gonna advertise. Like I'll put out information. I I put out information on a weekly basis on things I was writing. I put out stuff on that. Um, I started doing this thing that came out of uh, quarantine with uh, what I called whiteboard sessions. Because honestly, I think a lot better when I just take this like giant dry erase board and I put all my thoughts on it and I can 
visually I can see it a lot better and I can control it a lot better because you can just like erase and change. And well, I think a lot of people are very visual learners. Yeah. I'm, I'm more of an auditory learner. Mm. So I tend to do really good with listening to things. Why so I listen to a lot of podcasts yeah. and audio books and those kind of things. Like I need to get more into uh, probably listening to books than I do trying to read them because there's lots of times where I pick up a book and I get it and I have this great intentions of starting it and then I never start it. But if I would have just bought the audio book, I'd have got through it in a couple of days. Yep. You know, and I, I need to get better at that. I'm not good at that. Also, it's because I'm also backlogged in a lot of podcasts I'm listening yeah. to. So I'm always trying to get caught up. So I'm like, oh, well, I'll, I'll check out that later. Or I'll think about it later. I, I just, I never do. I, I need to get better at that. That's something that I struggle with personally. But I think the whiteboard is a great idea because it helps you kind of organize your thoughts. Like you said, you could write it down. I don't like that. Erase it. Do something different. Mm-hmm. But I think that having a visual for most people is so beneficial. What I liked about it too was that I stopped gearing it towards certain people. I was like, I do this anyway. Like I literally will just have a thought, go to the whiteboard and be like, I wonder if I can figure this out. And just like Dr. House it, like writing things out and trying to get my thoughts out and then realize, well, I don't know, maybe someone wants to hear this or see it. Uh, I have no idea. but There's I'm, certainly somebody. Yeah. It's like maybe there's one other person that would be interested. So I'm going to record it. And I put it out there and it, in the past, when I have struggled with the idea of putting stuff out, it's always been like, well, I wonder what people want to know. I wonder what people want to hear about. And during the whole period where I just kind of accepted everything, I was like, I don't give a shit. I, I don't. I, I don't care about putting out the newest hip stretch or the newest thing in order to prevent low back pain. Like, those aren't it's, what are interesting to dare me. Dare I say, that's all clickbait anyway. Yeah, it's incredibly it can, redundant. It can, it can be helpful, but most of it is clickbait. In the ones that are helpful, I have saved. So if someone came to me and was like, hey, do you have a good stretch? Do you have a good video for low back pain? Like, like, oh, I love this one. I'll send it to you. Yeah. I was like, I follow this guy. He's fantastic. He's got lots of great stuff. You should go check him out. Or like, this lady over here has amazing content. She's wonderful to follow. Do that. Instead of trying to make it on my own. Because, uh, you know, we mentioned Jocko earlier. Like, one of the things that his tenants from his book that I love is never outsource your core competencies. Yeah, I can show you a stretch. I can make a video and tell you about low back pain. You know what I'm also better at? Like, in my opinion, way better at? Educating you on some of the nuances that other people aren't talking about that I think are fascinating. So that's what I did. And not to mention putting together the whole overall arching program Yeah. to help people get better and understand how that works. That's why I love, like, your point system when it comes to, like, your recovery programming. Like, that is a simple thing that most people can understand. Mm-hmm. It's like, I can break this down. Are we positive or negative points? What's going on? How does it affect me? Like that's more what you do instead Mm -hmm. of like putting out some great content because there's tons of great content out there. Yeah. And you can reference that and there's nothing wrong with that. No. You know, give them their props. Like, hey, these guys are great. Check them out. They're awesome. But But this is what I do. Right. And I had to figure that out. And when I came back, that was part of not being overwhelmed. It's like I'm not going to do things that I don't feel empowered by or I don't feel you know particularly helpful to what I'm doing I'm going to do the things that I really enjoy doing but I'm going to do them in a, a sustainable manner so I'll do it like once a week I'll put this out and I told myself you don't have to if you come up with something and you want to talk about it this is when we're going to do it this is how we're going to do it but if you don't come up with it okay that's fine and the same thing with the writing the same thing with the Q&As uh, I, I took that pressure away from myself so that I could come into it in a way that, again, was sustainable and kept some of that peace. I want to do it because I enjoy doing it, and I know that if I do it with a sense of enjoyment and authenticity, that's what's going to bring people in. Yes. 
And Pe- they- people can feel that. Yeah. Because you generally have excitement about what you do. Oh, I totally you, nerd out. Yeah. You, you love it. <laughs> and, and, and people can feel that. And that'll make all the difference. And again, like we talked about in the last podcast, sometimes when you're working on somebody on the table, they may not appreciate that. Like, I don't care. Just do what you're doing. You don't need to tell me exactly what you're doing, why you're doing it, and what it's going to do to help me. You don't need to tell me all that stuff. Because, right. because you get so excited about it. You, really you nerd do. out about it, which is great. And some people love that. Some people don't care. Right. But it's just... What I think is great is that people can really feel that mm-hmm. authenticity, and it's not just oh, well, they're just going through the motions and doing what they're doing. It's like oh, whatever, who cares? Like no, like they get excited about those things. That's what gets people more into it, I think. Mm-hmm. And you can feel that lack of authenticity from other people, which just adds to the aggravation with a lot of the redundancy on social media. It's like I can't stand watching another one where someone's doing it just because it's clickbait or just because it's the current hot topic. Like, I, I don't give a shit, and I have no interest in buying into that. And it added to the sense of being overwhelmed. So the other part, like I said, like, I just, if someone came up to me and has come up to me in the past couple of weeks and said, are you open? I'll say, yes. When would you like to schedule? But I haven't put anything out there about my schedule. Like, I, hey, I'm open. Please yeah. schedule. Blah, blah, blah. And it has <clears throat> very slowly and very manageably just ramp back up. ramp back up and i'm nowhere near where i was but i am so much better off where i am now than where i ever was yeah because of all of those practices well, that makes perfect sense and it, it's amazing it you know i have this thing where it's like you're gonna leave every day at a set time and you go home and the one thing that uh i do as soon as i get home is i go run and it's not a fitness thing it's just that's my therapy like, yeah that, that's, that's your mind clearing yeah part. I go there and I just like let the mind flush. I go for a run. I don't care how fast it is. I don't care how far it is. I tell myself, you know, go for 20 minutes because that's generally about how long it takes to get that effect. And if you feel like shit that day and you don't make a 20, okay. If you're really good that day and you make it like 40 to an hour, awesome. If you go really fast, great. But one way or another, we're going out there and we're clearing our head. Yeah, And, and, and again, it's, it's about clearing your head. Yeah. It's not about the fitness part of right. it or counting your calories or anything else. Nope. Nope. This is about mental stability. Yeah. And that feels amazing. When I get done with that, the rest of the evening, nothing. And that that was scary. Like, that was really scary at first. Um, so one of the counselors that I've been working with told me, he's like, Dane, you have to have a period of time for 30 minutes every day that you just unwind. You have to. I was like, well, are you kidding me? You want me to take 30 minutes and not do anything? That's ridiculous. He's like, you can't find 30 minutes that you can justify not doing things? It's like, I can I can justify. You got to give me a reason. He's like, it's for your own fucking health. <laughs> it's like, but think of all the things I can get done in a half exactly. an hour. Oh, my God, I could do this, and I could do that, and I could do this. He's like, don't listen to anything. Don't write anything. Don't do anything. Don't stretch. Don't like do soft tissue work. Don't play a game. Don't listen to a book uh, or a podcast or anything. Just just fucking sit there for 30 minutes. And dare I say, uh, relax your mind yeah. and be in the moment. He's like, you don't have to meditate. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to have a purpose. Just give yourself an opportunity to not do something. And that I it blew my mind to think that that should ever happen. And then quarantine takes place. And now I've got like an entire day where that kind of happens. <laughs> and realizing like I'm so backlogged on the need for that that i think that's why the acceptance happened as profoundly as it did where it's like holy shit 
day after day I'm been I'm being given this opportunity to feel what it is like to unwind. And that was something that like I desperately wanted to keep. And so that's my evening practice. Yeah, and I think that most people are too afraid to be stuck in their own thoughts. And I, I was told um, from, a, from a young age, from, from a very wise man who was very successful, who said, do not ever be alone in the car with your own thoughts. So it's like, that, that is a very important thing for you. It's like, you do not need to, because I tend to go negative. Okay. I tend, to, I tend to be very negative on things. I think worst case scenario, if so, something happens, I instantly think, oh God, it's like, I'm going absolute 100% worst case scenario all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like, don't ever be stuck with your own thoughts. That got me in the habit of listening to CDs in the car and now podcasts and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's obviously, it's, um, what do I want to say, evolved over like because it literally was cds back in the day yeah. i would listen to cds on uh relationships human psychology uh business talks uh successful entrepreneurs talking I mean, just all this kind of different stuff that doesn't matter it's like all kinds of different mm-hmm. things and i would listen to these things constantly in the car and like i live in a small town and i drive to get to work because there's not a whole lot of work in the small town that i live in and i don't want to live like up near a big city it's just not for me i like the small town vibe. I like the small town atmosphere. It's just, there's no work here. So for, for years and years and years, I've, I've had to drive about an hour, usually a little bit under, because mm-hmm. um, over an hour is just, it's just too much for the day. Um, but under that is okay. Because normal around here is like 25, 30 minutes. Okay. That's pretty typical to kind of get to like another kind of place and kind of work. So me, I'm, I'm at the further end of that because I'm up closer to like the big city up near Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it gives me an hour of time in the morning to, to listen to things, to learn things, to do things. And that's kind of been my secret weapon, you know, for over a decade now is like I've been listening and learning and growing and doing those kind of things. It's like, but I've also now grown enough that I can be comfortable just being amongst my own thoughts. Because there's lots of times where I'll get in the car and I'll go to drive somewhere. And you know, normally, right now, I mean, obviously before I had CDs or whatever, and it would just play. Mm-hmm. You know, because I used to be on subscriptions and I get stuff every month. So I'd be playing new stuff. And in the car, you don't ever get everything all the first time. So you tend to yeah. listen to it two, three, four times. Just kind of go through it so you kind of catch everything, right? Um, but now it's like, okay, I get in, I plug in my phone, I turn on a podcast, and I go. And sometimes it's just fun. And sometimes it's like comedians and dick jokes and just screwing <laughs> around. And it's a complete waste of time. Yeah. But it's just also fun and energetic or whatever. But usually it's it's kind of learning podcasts and that kind of stuff, leadership development, Jocko, like yeah. that kind of stuff. Love that stuff. Um, and I love human psychology and relationship advice and all that kind of stuff. I find that stuff fascinating. So I've done that forever. But now I've gotten like to the point where I'm I'm comfortable enough to be able to just sit in my own thoughts yeah. and not be too worried and have it be too much of a problem. And there'll be times where I'll be driving somewhere and I forgot to turn on my phone. Or maybe I, or maybe I turned off the podcast and did maybe made a phone call or did something and I forgot to turn it back on and I was just, just driving and just there are my own thoughts. And, nobody, mm-hmm. you know, and I get somewhere like, oh, shit, it's been, it's been 45 minutes and I just realized I don't have anything on. But yeah. it's like, okay, but I'm just quieting my mind and it's no big yep. deal and it's not just like horrible things rushing to the front of my mind like whereas sometimes that does happen and mm-hmm. when, you, when i realize that then i make sure i definitely turn something on you know and like we'll, we'll get out of this theory but there's other times where it's just like it's just relaxing it is um, and that's a wonderful thing i had a i was talking with a friend recently and is it 
happened to be driving home from Akron and they're like, well, how was your drive? I was like, oh, it was good. What'd you do? I drove. Drove home? What do you mean? <laughs> they're like, well, what, like, did you listen to music? Did you talk to someone? Like, I was like, no, I just, I drove home in the silence. And they thought that was very strange. I think to most people it would be. And it it didn't occur to me that it was strange to most people until like I have moments like that where you realize like, yeah, people don't want that. They don't want to hear what they're on. Th- and I think it's because this is something I've worked on really hard for the past couple of years is changing the internal monologue. And it, that has been like an intense like labor of love to do this where, and I recently I, I, I laugh when I say it and I have talked about it with people, but it was this idea of like breaking up with myself where I was coming home and I just started berating myself with, like with these internal thoughts on like, why would you do that? Why would you possibly think that? Like, of course that happened because like, you're not good enough to get that to happen. Um, and and it's, it's like the old um, adage of like, if you, if your friends talk to you, like you talk to you, exactly, like you would stop talking to them in a heartbeat, right? Right. Yeah. Like, and like, so I, I, I took it one step further and it was what, this was the thought that started the whole process. And it was a couple, like I said, a couple of years ago where I thought if you had a kid and you talk to that kid, the way you talk to yourself, how would you view yourself as a parent? Piece of shit. Yeah. And I was like, would you consider yourself to be a loving father if you talked to a child, your child, the way you talk to yourself? No. Then why would you think that you care about yourself? I was like, oh, fuck. That's a very profound thought, sir. And then in that moment, years later, I'm thinking, if you were dating someone, if you were in a relationship, and they talked to you the way that you're talking to them, would you want to be dating them? Would you ever want to spend your life with them? Well, no. Because yeah, that's an abusive relationship. It just is. It is. Yeah. You you hear of people all the time like, oh, well, my boyfriend and I fight or my girlfriend and I fight or whoever. It doesn't matter. My significant other and I fight. It's right. like, that's not healthy. Right. Like, you've got to fix that. You guys should have conversations. They can be even heated at times. That's mm-hmm. fine. But it should never be a fight. Right. It might be a elevated argument or a heated conversation or something like that. That's yeah. that's fine. Those are going to happen, but it should never be a fight. There should never be any name calling. Should never be any berating. None of those kind of things because that is not healthy. And so that comes up. That was the idea where I'm hearing this and I'm like, no. First of all, I'm I'm done. I'm done. Like I'm breaking up with you. <laughs> like this. Like you Just don't your own negativity. Right, like I you love don't it. get to talk to me that way anymore. Like I'm a grown ass man. Like, I will not be talked to like this. I'm not going to be told that I'm not good enough to do something. Like, if I'm currently not able to do it, I can figure out how to do it. If I'm not uh, but, but I think in a that's position. The, but that's the important thing to realize. Maybe I currently can't do this. Right. But I'll be able to. I'll figure it out. Yeah. That doesn't mean that I'm not good enough. And, like, there was this moment um, when I was in school. I lived with uh, my older sister, Corin, and her husband, Charles. I was finishing up. And I remember that there was this uh, conversation she told me about that uh, he, uh, our our family, when we have arguments, like we're very verbal, like we're not physical at all, like all growing up, everything was very verbal. And so uh, curse words are used for emphasis. Um, 
and we became very good at using them for emphasis. And so my sister, uh, I don't, she didn't tell me exactly what it is that she had said, but he looked at her and was like, you don't have to talk like that to have a conversation with me. And she really caught her off guard. That is the proper response. Yeah. Somebody shake that man's hand. Yeah. <laughs> and what I know about my sister is like, it wasn't, it wasn't abusive, but it, what I also know is like having like lived with her growing up with her is that in those moments when that's how we choose to communicate and emphasize, like that's not communication. No. That's just unloading. And so I carried and normally that. when you throw out the curse words, it's intended to be hurtful. And I carried that into the next relationship. And I like at one point um, sat down as like, I will not fight with you. You want to talk? We'll talk. You want to have hard talks? We'll do that. We can like, like you said, like they might be heated, but I have no intention. Yeah, of emotion, ever... Emotions are fine. Like yeah. people have emotions. I don't want you to hide them. Right. It's but not about masking about it, it and bearing it. But it can't go so far where you start name calling right. or being uh, abusive verbally or anything like that. That can't happen. That's not healthy. And that, like that, set a precedence. It wasn't just for them. Like I refuse to be talked to this way. Like I'm letting you know I refuse to talk to you this way as well. Like this is for my own health and wellness is within the relationship. And for some reason, I never carried that over to myself. I was more than willing to sit there and berate myself yeah. and belittle myself for years and years and have these types of conversations where I just beat the shit out of myself. But that, like I said, has been something I've really worked on with the internal monologue of changing that. It's like, no, I like that voice alone needs to go. And then we need to work on building up this other type of conversation um, of, you know, acceptance and empowerment and, being comfortable with the things that make you uncomfortable and that turns into a 30 minute drive where you sit alone in silence and you just are okay with your own thoughts and you're right like people don't do that and i but i don't i don't know that everyone has to do all the work that i had to do in order to get to that point well, some people maybe aren't as in as bad of a place as you were with this, with as much negative self-talk and everything else. There was else. a shit ton of Who negative knows? talk. Yeah, you know. But the real problem is, is that people have to do some work, no matter what. Mm -hmm. Whether it's half the work, a quarter of the work, a tenth of the work, doesn't matter. There's still there's, there's going to be some of the work in there, and mm -hmm. people are not willing to do that. People still think that. I mean, it's changing, luckily, but it's, people still think that like going to therapy is a bad thing. Like it's a wonderful thing. It can help you because, like, I, I say this all the time, like. Therapy is the art of like self-discovery and you're I like that. And you're paying someone to help you along that process faster. Mm -hmm. That's the idea. And they do it for a living and they should help you ask the right questions to get you thinking about your own things. But they have to let you come up with it. They can't tell you it. It's the same thing as like uh, the old adage of uh, when the teacher is or the Student is ready, the teacher will appear, right? Mm -hmm. They've been told the same things over and over and over again. They just weren't ready to hear it. Yeah. When you're ready to hear it, it's there. Yep. And that's their job. Their job is to help you along that process faster. Now, granted, I, I, I say this all the time. I know you're probably sick of hearing it. Just talk to somebody, even if it's just a friend. Get things off your chest. Just put things out in the universe. It just, if nothing else, that will help a lot in and of itself. Um, but therapy is a great thing. But again, it's all about self-discovery. But most people, I think, are afraid 
to kind of go into their own in, in their own minds because they're afraid of the darkness that's inside of them. Because we all have darkness. Yeah, it can be terrifying. Yeah, absolutely, it like, is terrifying, mind-boggling. Uh, but terrifying. those are things that you have to do yeah. if you want to get comfortable in yourself. Yeah, it just is. Um, I saw, I still see uh, one therapist on a, a weekly or biweekly basis, and there was a point where, like, I would have never said that to someone else. Yes, because I was aware that there might be that stigma, like, oh, you see a therapist, yeah, you, you must therapy? be. What's wrong with you? Yeah, you must be really messed up. Yeah, like, exactly. Dude, like we're all messed up. Well, of course, yeah. we're human. <laughs> yeah. Like I just, I have things that I need to get worked out, and I don't know how to do it on my own. And I'm more than willing to talk to family and talk to friends. But this one's, this person's a professional. And like, what's this what's is your job? The problem with that is that if you talk to family and friends only, they've got a vested interest in you, mm-hmm. and they're going to have their own biases, um, or biasy. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about. Yep. <laughs> uh, so it's you got to be careful with that because they want certain things from you, whereas uh, a therapist should be completely impartial. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be very neutral on what it is and just give you the facts and help you come up with your own ideas. That's the purpose. Whereas family, they're going to want to lead you down a certain path that kind of go with their own presuppositions and everything else. So you got to be careful with that. But – it's still a very important thing that you need to be able to do as well. Yeah. Um, I did this. Have you ever heard of EFT? I don't think so. Emotional freedom. It's tapping. No, I've not. It is. So I hesitate whenever I talk, not hesitate to talk about it, but I hesitate when I say this about it, which is that it's incredibly effective. What I, the better way to put it is it was very effective for me at that time when I did it. Um, but the concept of it is, using uh, light tapping on certain points throughout the face and body because they have a uh, acupressure effect and that the rhythmic tapping of it is very soothing. So as you go through explaining experiences and feeling certain things, you start to shift over into a sympathetic state. You got the fight or flight going on. And if you do this, it helps to keep it in in a shift down or down regulate that to more towards parasympathetic where you can experience it without the emotional trauma, the previous emotional trauma, and process it and just move past it. It's incredibly powerful um, from my experience with what I had. And I know that there are other things that are very similar. And so, you know, maybe something else would have worked just as well. But I had uh, a handful of sessions that I did with this over the course of 12 to 18 months. And it is absolutely life-changing. Interesting. On how you view yourself, how you view the world, how you view the people within your world. And it made such a big difference. And it was it's one of those things where you don't recognize all of the avenues that have been affected by that one session until days, weeks, months later, something comes up and you go, I didn't react to that. Why didn't I react to that? I always reacted to that. I always felt this way before and I don't feel that way. Like, holy shit. Like I had a, a massive point of healing that went on that I didn't even realize because of what happened in that session, you know, a couple months ago. And then you move on to the next one. And the thing about it is the the person that I worked with, it would never be continuations a lot of time. It would be like, what's the biggest thing that we need to work on right now? And, you know, the one was relationships and my view of myself within a relationship. Another one was 
my view on success and the feeling that like I didn't deserve it. No matter like I work as hard as I can, but I work the way that I work so that almost sabotaging myself. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, viewing what I want out of life in another one. And, you know, when you circle back to one, you do it in a different way because there are different things you have to you know, work through. And so with the therapy, the weekly therapy that I was also doing, um, that one's much more continuous. It's like, hey, last week we talked about this. How are you feeling on that? What progress have you made? What have you realized? What's going on? Let's talk about that again and then again and again. And you can shift as you're going through. Yeah. But the EFT, it's exhausting. It is absolutely exhausting. It is a mental marathon that you are going. And marathon, it's a, like a fucking obstacle course race. Right? <laughs> it's like a Spartan. Like, or like a 24-hour obstacle course race where you are going up and over and through things and dragging yourself through the mud of the past experiences and the things that you have felt or refused to have felt. And at the end of it, you're like, holy shit, I made it. And you feel amazing. But those are the things that you have to face. Right. Because I think most people are too afraid to. Yeah. Which is why they're afraid to be with their own thoughts. Yeah. And it's like if you don't sit there and just face your own thoughts – like you're never going to get to a, a healthy place mentally in your life. I don't believe personally. Um, it's one of those things where like the more you peel away from it, the more you realize like how much you weren't paying attention to. It's not like, oh, finally, spring cleaning. <laughs> I did it and I'm done. It's like, nope, layer one, gone. Let's move on to layer two. Yeah, and not, not to mention it's a forever ending battle. Yeah. You're, you're never going to stop doing it. No. It's just made change in how much you have to or – the methods you use. Yeah, and some people might look at that and they're like, oh my God, that's incredibly daunting. I have to go my entire life and I'm never going to get better. And it's like, no, you get to go your entire life and keep getting better. Like, or you, you can go the rest of your life and keep getting worse. Yeah. Those are your two choices. Yeah. Like, instead of thinking, I'm never going to get to the end of fixing everything, it's like, no, you're a human being. You're always going to have something to work on and fix. You're always going to have some kind of trauma that you're holding on to that you need to help yeah. let go of. But that's the nice thing about it is you have the rest of your life to keep working on that. And if you do it, it's not like you hit a certain point and the light switch goes on and you're like, yay, now I feel good. It's like, now I'm the Dalai Lama. Right. It's like, like you're going to keep feeling better after every session. After every time that you work on something, you're going to feel better than you did before. And you just keep building on that like week after week and month after month, year after year. And you know, that's been a, a guiding principle behind basically everything that I do where it's like, don't this whole short game, like, is it going to make me feel better? Well, everyone's now? a hack. Everyone's yeah. to do it now. Tw 20 minutes to do it to a new you. It's like, it's like, no, let, let's think of this long term. Like, like the next full months are going to go by whether you want to want them to or not. The next 10 years are going to go by whether you want them to or not. Like, do you want to be 10 years older in the same place? No. It's like, okay, so what are you going to do today? Because you, you got to plant the seed before anything's going to grow with it. Yeah. And, and dare I say, so it's, it's the little things that add up over time. Yeah. It's not the big changes you're going to make in the next six months. It's like, no, it's all the little things you're going to do to be in a better place in, in 10 years. Right. Like, you're not going to do 10 minutes of meditation today and have a life-changing experience. Well, yeah. if you're on shrooms, maybe. Touche. But, <laughs> but that's only if you take the hero dose in a healthy place. And your mind's in good, so it's, it's not worth it. People don't do that. <laughs> but you could do 10 minutes every day and find out like 12, 24 months later that you're a very different person yeah, in a positive way. And imagine being that far down the road 
and being able to take an, an hour-long car ride with nothing, no music, no podcasts, no talking, no nothing, just quiet, peaceful meditation, driving your car. Some people might look at that and think, you know, why would I want that? It sounds really boring. And my thought is, that is probably the one of the most peaceful thoughts, that if you can have a moment like that, how at rest must like your mind well, and soul yeah, be? Well, yeah, but also how many times do you hear of people talk about going camping or going fishing or being out in nature or doing anything and be like, oh, it's just so peaceful. Mm-hmm. Like imagine having that whenever you want it, not having to like spend a week out in the wilderness and, and, in order and, to find and get your body away from the the what do they call that like the light therapy that we all have from like like our incandescent lights yeah. and tv and your screens and all those kind of things like letting your body like actually reset on a natural schedule with the sunlight like it's fucking supposed to mm-hmm. like imagine having that kind of peace whenever you want like that's what we're talking about yeah. not just oh well it's boring why why, why are we going on an hour-long hard drive without any music or a podcast or a conversation with somebody or anything a phone call like no just imagine that peace Whenever you want. Mm-hmm. It is an incredible gift. You have to work for it. Of course. Any, anything in life it. that's worthwhile is going to take lots of hard work. And it's, But there's this also a sense of freedom in knowing, like, this is how good I feel where I am now. And I'm not done. And I don't have to be done anytime soon. Like, that's the whole point. Like, you're never going to be done. with. So if I feel this good after a couple of years... And if I'm willing to keep putting in work, like, what's another couple of years? What's another couple of years after that? It's like, holy shit, this is endless. <laughs> like, that is a massive sense of freedom that you can hand to people if you just say, do a little bit every single day. And this is where it starts. And you might be terrified, but you're really going to appreciate where you are in a couple of years when you do this. Um, it's going to hurt. And there's going to be times where it, it sucks. but if you can get through that, like I'm telling you, you get to keep that freedom for the rest of your life. And to me, that's worth it. But also, dare I say that if you don't do it, it's going to hurt. And yeah. sometimes it's going to suck. In a completely but, different way. But and... then there's going to be no hope of getting better. Right. That's the problem. So it's like, okay, go through some of the same pain you're going to have anyway from just ignoring things, but actually get to a better place. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'll tell you what. I think that is a great place to wrap this podcast up on. Okay. Uh, thank you so much for coming back on the show. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, where can people find you on the interwebs and all that kind of good stuff? Uh, Instagram is the best one. Uh, elite underscore recovery underscore LMT. Um, that's where I have a majority of the stuff that I post and share. But if they want to shoot me a, a message on there, uh, there's the website, EliteRecoveryMassage.com. They can uh, shoot me an email or the business phone number is on there as well. There also, uh, Facebook and elite recovery. Um, that one, I don't, che- I'll be honest. I don't check that one nearly as often, but the other two are the best ones. Okay. But it's available nonetheless, yeah, if people there want is some to info on there. And then obviously, uh, with your Q and A's, especially if you're doing stuff like that, this platform is always open to you, sir. So if you want to do like longer, um, sessions like explanations of like maybe bigger questions that come in oh, that'd be fantastic. like this is always available to you so anytime you want to come on with that kind of stuff as long as you don't mind me throwing my two cents in every Not once at in a while all. uh this this is always open because like you and i both know from conversation we've had in the past it's like sometimes you can't answer it in 140 characters on twitter no you know or like a five five minute 
thing. Like sometimes it takes some more deeper explanations of things. So this is a place that you can come to if you ever need to, or even if you just want to. If it's just short, quick ones, we can like pound through a bunch of them. Doesn't matter. Um, this is always open to you, sir. Whenever you want to use that, I appreciate uh, as long, that. As long as it helps you and it helps people, I'm good with it. Life is all good. Really appreciate so, that. So thank, thank you, you, sir. This was a great conversation. I greatly enjoyed myself. Hopefully you guys did as well. And we will see you guys next time. All right. Well, that wraps up another great episode. It's always fun talking with Dane. I just love the conversations that we have. And that one was very unscripted for us on the podcast, which was great because, well, that's kind of what I do around here. <laughs> we just kind of shoot the shit and have a good time normally. I mean, sometimes we have a broader idea of what we're going to talk about, but we just let it happen. Nonetheless, it was a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed. Certainly know that I did. If you all are still listening, I can't tell you how much I appreciate all of your support, but please, I need your help. And let's get the show out to some new people. Please go out and leave the show some five-star reviews, share it with your friends, and let's really kind of help boost the show up and get it out there. And hopefully we can get some new people listening to the show. But that's all we have time for this week. We will see you guys next time on Uncensored Humanity. <laughs>